Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. You can find more relationship insights at focusonthefamily.com slash marriage podcast. How many times have you found yourself keeping score with your spouse? It's something I've done. It's sort of like, well, she did that, so... And that might work well in sports, but it's never a good idea for your marriage. I'm John Fuller, along with Greg Smalley and his wife, Erin. And I'll just ask, what's dangerous about keeping score, Erin? I mean, it's just a little mental game I do, right? Yeah. Well, we've been there. We've done that. It (laughs) didn't work. So we don't recommend it. It, You know, the truth is you're on the same team with your spouse. So if you're one-upping, you're comparing, you're keeping record of who does what, it's never going to go well. However, there's always the opportunity to let your spouse know I would like more help with this. I am feeling taken advantage of. Whatever it is that you're feeling, let them know. And then have a good, healthy, open-hearted conversation Mm -hmm. about it, not in the midst of feeling annoyed and irritated. Yeah, you know, Take some time and reflect on, what am I feeling because of this? And don't dwell on the negative. I mean, it's just really bad to have a little journal of all the negative things my spouse did today. So we're going to return to a conversation about being more happy in your marriage as Jim Daly talks with Drs. Les and Leslie Parrott. Les, let me start here again. That broader perspective of happiness, um, what is it the Lord wants? What are we really trying to hit here in this life when it comes to happiness? Yeah, you know, I, I think that God wants us to be happy in spite of our circumstances. That's what we mean by joy, I suppose. But whatever you call it, it's a combination of not just pleasurable experiences, but meaningful experiences. Let me give you a quick illustration. Leslie and I teach this class at our university, at Seattle Pacific University. We'll have 200 students in this class. It's on relationships and so forth. And and we will ask them early on, what makes you guys happy? And uh, video games, uh, Netflix, um, you know, fishing, whatever it is. And it's all these activities that we think make us happy. And then we eventually kind of say, let's do a little experiment. And half the class, uh, in the next 48 hours, we want you to just indulge yourself in those things that make you happy. Mm. Just if it's playing video games, you go do that. And if it's whatever, just – and then this other half of the class, what we want you to do is – Give your life away in the next 48 hours. We want you to go minister to people. We want you to go uh, do something that adds value to other people and um, volunteer and so forth. They come back, and we begin to debrief. What was the experience like? Mm. And what do you think happens in that classroom? Mm. It's incredible because all of a sudden the students that were doing the video games and all the other stuff went, oh, I guess we kind of missed out. These people are really filled with a lot of happiness and joy over here. And that's what we mean by that balance of meaning as well as pleasure. You can't neglect – when you go after pleasure – you're setting yourself up for disappointment. It's guaranteed. If that's what you're after, how do we go have fun today? That's cool. Go do that. But just know you're going to be disappointed because not everything is going to be fun. Well, why then do we continue then to come to the trough of pleasure as a culture? I mean, the culture is screaming at us. It's all about your pleasure. And even as Christians, we continue to come toward that direction, trying to find meaning and purpose and fulfillment when it's almost like just eating too much sugar. It's not, it's not good for you. <laughs> sugar high yeah, has a, a lot of diminishing returns, yeah. doesn't it? It, yeah. it drops us lower than ever. And I think that's a good way to look at happiness because um, I think we, we go after it because we don't know what else to do in order to achieve that. And deep in our hearts, I think God has planted a desire. He's, we've been created for joy. We've been created for that. And so if we don't have biblical wisdom on how 
how to pursue that. I mean, one of the reasons meaning brings us so much happiness is because there's engagement in it. You know, we're fully engaged in service. We're giving ourselves away. And we also know that any kind of, any way that we can use our gifts that God's hardwired into us, you know, that sense of flow and engagement sweeps us up in a deep sense of joy. And that's where the meaning and purpose comes. Les, you're a clinical psychologist. Would you say with everything that you've studied and just the way the human mind works, did God create us to serve others? I mean, he told us to serve others, but do you think he created us in our in our in our very yeah. core to serve others? That our greatest sense of joy comes when we give ourselves away. Yeah, there's no doubt in my mind that he did. We're, we're created for relationship. It's our deepest longing, and our greatest fulfillment is found in relationship to other people. And that's not just peer to peer, but it's when we reach out to other people. And as iron sharpens iron, as Proverbs says, we help each other along the pathway of knowing God. Right. And so it's that idea of of our truest sense of purpose is fulfilled when we are giving our lives away to other people. That's what makes us the happiest. That's where true joy abounds. Well, that is a really great reminder that if you want love from your spouse, you've got to be willing to give love first. Uh, Greg and Aaron, there are some very practical ways couples can show love to their spouse. How about this week? What can I do moving forward in the next few days, maybe the next few hours. You know, I love the difference between serving my spouse and then sacrificing for her. What's the the difference? Yeah, serving is when I'm helping out. So last night, you know, I noticed that there was a lot of laundry there, so I just took Aaron's yeah. laundry down to the laundry, got it started. That, that's, that's more thoughtful. And my wife would appreciate me doing that unless I, I mixed colors it? or threw yeah. something in there. Well, I did she... wonder that. Yeah. <laughs> and did you dry my blouse? That's what I'm wondering. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I, I have the I same problem. Did you dry that? I don't want that dried. Yeah, I did not start the dryer So that's serving. Sacrificing is when we take something that we possess in value. So maybe my time, my money, Your car, my car, something, and I give that. To Aaron. So, for example, in preparation for today, Aaron called me and said, Hey, I'm going to swing by coffee place and grab a drink. Would you like one? So, in that moment, she's sacrificing because she took her money, gave that up to buy me a drink. And, and bring that to me. Would you sacrifice for me too? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, John. <laughs> but it's, it's looking same. at both of those, yeah. looking at, yeah. you know, how can I help, but also how can I give something up? And that's a really mm. that's a higher calling. I mean, when, yeah. when the Bible talks about this is how we know what love is, that Jesus laid down his life, thus we ought to do the same for others. I mean, it's defining this is how we know what love is. So love really is sacrifice. Yeah. So it's just taking service to a much deeper level and you're giving up something, making an investment in our spouse. So this morning when Dina wanted to talk and I decided it's either talk or I do my workout. Yeah. I listened. You gave But then I up. did my workout. So was that a, sacrifi- a sacrifice or no? Well, you had a choice. So you owned your time yeah. and you chose to give that time mm-hmm. to her. You gave up 
something that you value and it was yeah. your choice and you gave that to yeah, your wife. That's so that's that a beautiful nice. It's just about me feeling good. So keep <laughs> it up. Yeah, we'll just keep feeding John. <laughs> she, and... she needs to listen to this particular <laughs> yeah, episode. No. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's helpful too to recognize that often we want to serve in serve our spouse the way we feel loved. Yes. So it's important to figure out what what is it that really causes Greg to feel loved. And so just having your spouse complete the simple statement of, I feel loved when you fill in the bring blank. Me a so bring, drink, bring, bring me a coffee. Yes. Would that work for you? Does he call and yes. say? Yes. I love that so because it tells that. me that he's thinking about me, yeah. that he's willing to sacrifice and stop. I know he hates to stop, especially on the way home from work after a long day. But if he's willing to do that, that sends a message to me that he loves me, that he cares about me, and he's willing to sacrifice. What if my spouse won't accept my sacrifices? What if I've tried and over the years I've just learned that doesn't work? It's not worth it. I'm going yeah. to stop doing that. And, and which is frustrating. Yeah, talk about that. There's nothing like trying to invest in your spouse doesn't want that. You're called to love. You're not called to make them receive your love. So you just keep loving. You keep sacrificing. You keep showing up in a way that reflects who God created you to be, which yeah. is to be a lover. And to a life giver. Exactly. Yes. And However, then let that be up to them. Yeah, it would be worth sitting down and saying, so I'm, this is what I'm noticing. And I'm noticing that when I do attempt to sacrifice for you, that you're not, I'm, I'm wondering, is it that you're not receiving it? Am I doing something? Is there a preference? Just to put the, the topic yeah. out on the table yeah. and have a conversation of, you know what, I care about you and I want to sacrifice for you. So I'm noticing you're not receiving oh. Oh, so you just want me to be effusive in my response to what you're doing. Is that what you're looking for, Aaron? <laughs> right? I mean, yes. no, seriously, I'm just role-playing a little bit. I could hear some spouse saying, well, you're not no, doing it's it. working. I'm just not jumping up and down, high-fiving you all the time. Yeah. So is this about you again? Yeah, but no, because then it's it's going back to I'm called to love, and the only person mm. I have control of is me. Okay. And so I'm doing this from the place of an open heart that I'm responsible for, and my heart's abundantly full because I'm doing such a great job taking care of it, yeah. that if you reject my attempts, okay, I'm still going to keep doing it. But it's great to, to check in and go, okay, I'm no, this is what mm-hmm. I'm noticing. Yeah. I just want to know that I am doing something that's meaningful to you. That's good. Well, um, as you can tell, what we really want to do is help you in your marriage journey, wherever you are, to, to improve the relationship. And we have amazing resources to help uh, strengthen the communication that you and your spouse have, to have the kind of open, honest uh, dialogue that we've kind of role-played here a bit today. Uh, There is the Parrot's book, Making Happy, which is a terrific resource. We'll send that to you as our thank you gift when you join the support team. Make your monthly pledge or your one-time gift of any amount when you're at the website, and we'll send that book to you. And while you're online, make sure you take advantage of our free marriage assessment It's going to be helpful whether you're a newlywed or you've been married for 30, 40, 50 years. All the details on the book and the assessment and other help is in the show notes. Next time, more from the parrots about ways to increase the happiness in your marriage. And for now, on behalf of Greg and Aaron Smalley and the entire team here, I'm John Fuller thanking you for listening to the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.